everyone. I am Pastor Olivier Tudoroyu, and I welcome you again. Thank you very much for your feedback on the YouTube channel. Uh, for those positive notes, and I take them to the heart, sincerely. And I thank you very much for the sincere critique. I do not claim to be a guru of all knowledge, so I learn things every day, and I unlearn things every day. So every comment of yours is sincerely well taken, straight to the heart. Henry Lubeck makes a powerful statement. The turning point in history will be the moment man becomes aware that the only God of man is man himself. Papacy has established the rule. The Pope is God, God Almighty. The Pope and God are the same, so he has all power in heaven and earth. So the Catholic Church is elevating the prestige and the reputation of papacy to a degree that reaches the level of blasphemy. All names which in scriptures are applied to Christ, by virtue of which it is established that he is over the church, all the same names are applied to the Pope. So whenever, according to the tradition of the, the church, whenever you read a scripture and you have an attribute of Christ, you must know that for the Catholic mentality, that attribute belongs to the Pope. So basically the Pope is the Christ of the church. For thou art the shepherd, thou art the physician, thou art the director, thou art the husbandman. Finally, thou art another God on earth. So, what is very interesting, this expression, another God on earth. Uh, another means not the same. So, when he says, uh, I am another God means that I'm not the God of the universe. I am another one. Is not the same. So, which intrigues me very, very much because when the Pope says, I am a different God than the Creator, I'm different God than Christ, then what type of God are you? Uh, Isaiah 42, verse 8 replies, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will not give to another neither my praise to graven images. The Pope has received the power from the Apostle Peter, who has been supposedly uh, the first Pope in the world that was uh, transferring the successions or the power from Christ to the papacy. But the Bible says differently than this. So the claim of the Pope that he has received the power from the uh, disciple uh, of Christ, uh, uh, Peter, is false, is not true is not real, is not according to the uh, re historical reality. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ says that that another one that will come and replace my presence on the planet Earth is the Holy Spirit, is not the Pope. So the Lord says, I will ask the Father, and the Father will send another Comforter, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but 
made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. What a difference. What a difference between Christ, our Savior, who considered not robbery to be equal with God. And what a difference between Christ's behavior and the Pope's behavior. What a discrepancy between the humbleness, humility of the Lord Jesus Christ and the extravagante, the arrogance, the, the infatuation of a man like me and like you, the Pope, that claims to be God. And the next slide says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What a wonderful statement, my dear friends. This shows who is really Christ and who is the one that really deserves our faith, our love, and our compassion. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, a name that is above every name, and it's above the name of the Pope too. It's above the name of Napoleon. It's above the name of George Bush. It's above the name of Hitler. It's above the name of Stalin. It's above the name of Mao Zedong. Above every name in this world, above every hero, the name of Jesus is the name that is above every one, every name in the universe. Gerard Brandt, the history of Reformation, makes a powerful statement in regard to the claims of papacy. You set up yourself in the temple of God. Instead of a pastor, you are become a wolf to the sheep. You would make us believe you are a supreme bishop, but you rather behave like a tyrant. Whereas you ought to be a servant of servants, as you call yourself. You endeavor to become a Lord of Lords. You bring the commandments of God into contempt. The Holy Ghost is the builder of all churches as far as the church extends. The city of our God, of which we are the citizens, reaches to all the regions of the heavens, and it is greater than the city by the holy prophets named Babylon, which pretends to be divine, wins herself into heaven, and brags that her wisdom is immortal, and finally, though without reason, that she never did err, nor ever can. It is the discrepancy between the claims of the Pope and the character he displayed in the Dark Ages. For 1260 years, almost 13 centuries, the papacy used the most terrifying tools, including the Inquisition machine, to torture, to kill, to exterminate from the face of the earth the name of Christ and the name of his followers. I do really believe that the question that Elijah has addressed to the entire Israel is a question that can be addressed to us today. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And I would like to paraphrase this statement uh, saying, if Jesus Christ is the Lord, follow Him. But if the Pope is God, then follow the Pope. We have to take a decision. You cannot follow Christ and the Pope. 
the Pope and Christ are incompatible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, many people speak about Holy Father uh, addressing to the Pope. I want to tell you something that, first of all, the Pope is not the Father because he doesn't have a son. Second of all, he is not the Holy Father because he did not give his Son on the cross to die for us. But I know one, our Heavenly Father, which is in heaven, he gave his only begotten Son to die for us and to redeem us from all our filthiness, for all our sin, from all our sin. And that's why I lift my eyes and my heart to the Heavenly Father and I praise Him. I give Him all my credit. I give Him, I give to my Heavenly Father all my recognition, all my praises because He gave everything that He had for me to be saved and for you, my friend. My question is, at the end of this day, would you entrust your child to an institution that is guilty of killing more than 50 to 100 million people in the Dark Ages? Would you entrust your city to such uh, an institution? Would you entrust the world? There is no other person better than the Pope to rule the world today. Why we should not allow Christ and God to rule the world today? Why? My dear friends, these are severe and deep questions that we have to be addressed. The time are solemn. And we have to prepare ourselves. We do have our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for you. He died for me. He died for all of us. We cannot be deceived because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon. Wherever love rules, there is no desire for power. And wherever the desire for power rules, there is no love. We are in the era where the Pope or papacy is going to take over the entire world. I do really believe that uh, uh, we are in the present time right at the stage where people are obsessed to create a one-world government. Now, that's why we do have to decide between Christ and Antichrist, the persecution, the death, and the loss of eternal life. So that's why I'm very straight, open, tonight we have to have a choice. And by the grace of God, I hope that the Holy Spirit will touch our hearts in such a manner that we may choose the right Savior in the right time for uh, the right situation, the Lord Jesus Christ. I will introduce a statement from the Spirit of Prophecy, Heavens, page 19. An understanding of the hope of Christ's second coming is the key that unlocks all history that follows and explains all the future lessons. So, here is where Adventism is at a stake. We do have the hope, we do have the heart of the gospel, the hope in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have come to the to a time when God's sacred work is represented by the feet of the image in which the iron was mixed with the miracle. clay. Uh, in 1903, uh, Roman Catholic Archbishop James Quingley, uh, May 5th, within 20 years, this country is going to rule the world. Kings and emperors will soon pass away and the democracy of the United States will take their 
place. When the United States rules the world, the Catholic Church will rule the world. Nothing can stand against the Church. Kings and rulers and governors have placed upon themselves the brand of Antichrist and are represented as the dragon who goes to make war with the saints. In the book of Education, uh, page 228, uh, Ellen G. White says, These have one mind, so the one world government, the United Nations leaders have one mind. There will be a universal bond of union, one great harmony of confederacy of Satan forces, and shall give their power and strength and to the beast. So, the United Nations has one purpose, to strengthen the power of papacy, to strengthen Vatican for the final fight and struggle and war against those who keep the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ and the fate of the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends. Coming back to review a little bit the concept of Sunday, what will United Nations is Sunday. Sunday as a mark of Christian unity. This is what will unite people, countries, nations. So the Lord is impressing people everywhere on the world to share the gospel and to say, Christ is coming soon. We don't fix dates, we don't know when, but we believe, we smell, it is in the air we breathe that Christ is coming soon. And look at this statement, when the fullness of time of the time was come, God sent for his son, providence has directed the movements of nations and the tide of human impulse and influence till the world was ripe for coming of the deliverer. The nations were united under one government. How can a person like Ellen G. White writes with 150 years in advance or 120, 30 years in advance things that are occurring right now? Ellen G. White uh, definitely is the prophet of the Lord. The book of Jeremiah chapter 25 verse 31 says, The Lord has a controversy with the nations, has a controversy with Rome, has a controversy with papacy, has a controversy with the full world that is uniting to destroy the people of God. Brothers and sisters, it's the time for prayer, supplication. It's a time when we have to fast and pray and have our petitions uh, ascended to the Lord Jesus and uh, ask the Lord to bless us with the presence of the Holy Spirit, to touch our hearts, to stand before the perfect storm, a storm in front of whom no man can escape unless he has a perfect Savior, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Evil shall go forth from nation to nation, and a great perfect storm shall be raised from the, uh, from the coast of the earth. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is not secret rapture, is not something hidden, but the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is the most extraordinary event planet Earth and the universe have ever witnessed in the history of humanity. It's wonderful. Jesus Christ is coming, and we have to rejoice, brothers and sisters. My dear friends, we have to stand for the Lord Jesus, to be happy and faithful. The hope in the second coming of the Lord Jesus is the key that unlocks all history and all the following events that will occur in the future. So we have thousands of reasons to be happy and to be joyful because the Lord is coming soon. The obsession for one world government 
government is all over. And Henry Kissinger, former state secretary of United States 1973, makes a very interesting intelligent, intelligent statement. Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls the money can control the world. One of his predecessors, uh, Adolf Hitler, had a similar view like Henry Kissinger in America. National Socialism will use its own revolution for establishing of a new world order. So you see, there is a desire, there is an obsession before Hitler was Napoleon, before Napoleon was Charlemagne, and how many other heroes who wanted to unite the world under one empire. David Rockefeller, who controlled a lot of money in this world, he writes in his book uh, Memoirs, some even believe uh, we, me and my family eventually, we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interest of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists uh, and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economical structure, one world, if you will. If that is the charge, if that's the guilt, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. And who is opposing to the New World Order? Christian Bible believers. Religious unity had fractured with the survival of spread of Protestantism. The Protestant Reformation destroyed the concept of a world order sustained by the two swords. What, is the, what are the two swords? Papacy on one side and American Empire on the other side. Last year, somewhere in October, uh, they commemorated 500 years and they said uh, Protestantism doesn't have any reason to exist anymore. In 2018, we are confronted with the full speed establishment of the New World Order because the Protestantism is merging and joining the forces with Vatican. It's very unfortunate to say that, but this is the truth and this is the reality. 2017 was a decisive uh, year for the Christian world is submitting uh, faithfully to the Rome uh, and uh, Roman Church and to uh, the Pope. And today, uh, as Henry Kissinger says, who supports the New World Order is the papacy, Vatican, Rome, and the Empire. In America, called terrorists are really groups of people that reject international system. So the time will come, my dear friend, when we will be non grata to any single nation of the world because we want to obey Jesus Christ, we want to obey the Ten Commandments, we want to follow faithfully the pattern of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ, and uh, definitely persecution will stir up. But don't worry, the Lord Jesus, who has never forsaken you, He will be ready with a piece of bread to give to you in the time of the plagues, in the time of starvation, when people will wish to have a savior like yours. You are non grata for this world. You are hated and despised, but you will have a wonderful voice. Beside you is the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will have the bread ready for you when you will starve, and he will give you that bread. You may ask yourself, Lord, where did you get this bread for me in the time of trouble? And the Lord Jesus with the tears in his eyes will say, this bread that I have for you is the bread that I preserved in the wilderness when I was tempted in the time of Matthew chapter 4 when he 40 days didn't eat all that bread that the universe cooked and baked for the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus says, no, I want these 40 days to collect all this bread to be sufficient for the people of God when they will pass through tribulation. So, my dear friend, don't be afraid of persecution. Christ will have the bread from wilderness. Christ will have the water from wilderness when he was tempted and he won the victory for you. So, bread and water will not be missing to you. Don't be afraid. Jesus Christ is with you. So, it doesn't matter how they will call us. We want you to humbly submit to the Word of God. When Protestant churches shall seek the support of the secular power, then will there be a national apostasy which will end up in a national ruin. Our country shall repudiate every principle of its constitution as Protestant and Republican government. What's happened then? And that the end is near. I remember one of the most extraordinary, brilliant minds, one of the greatest uh, presidents that United States, this wonderful country, has ever had, Abraham Lincoln. I see a very dark cloud on America's horizon. And that dark cloud is coming from Rome. He knew that the end of America is the rule of papacy. The union is weakening all the power of the churches. The investing the church with the power of the state will bring evil results. This is what Ellen G. White says. And this is exactly what happens today. Washington politicians has been hostile to the church. They have been hostile to Catholics. They have been hostile to the members of Catholicism. My administration will stand side by side with American Catholics to promote the values we will share as Christians and Americans. So, in, in other words, uh, our president underlines and overemphasizes the declaration of Henry Kissinger in, uh, in his book uh, when he says uh, the new world government is proposed and enforced by the papacy and the empire. The connection, the joint, the merge, the blend between America and Vatican, it's expressed right here in the very words of our respected president. Uh, if it would have been Hillary Clinton, it would have been the same thing because she declares, you certainly don't need to be a Catholic to be inspired by the humility of heart and heart of the Holy Father, Pope Francis. So it doesn't matter if you have the Republican government or uh, Democratic government, uh, is the same thing. Papacy is ruling our country. Why is that it, in this country where we have only 7% of the population, the Catholic Church is so much feared. She's loved by all her children and feared by everybody. Why is that the Pope has such a tremendous power? Why do everybody fears the Pope? A Western Watchman Town paper published by St. Louis by Father D.S. Uh, Fallon, uh, June 27, 1912. He says, why? The Pope is the ruler of the world. All the emperors, all the kings, all the princes, all the presidents, all the of the world are as these altar boys of mine. The Pope is the ruler of the world. I never understood clearly how is to be a president and to behave like an altar boy before the Pope. Who is the altar boy in this picture and who is the teacher? Who is the Pope and who is the altar boy? Erdogan, Turkish president. Uh, who is the altar boy?
Erdogan, obviously, correct? We can talk about Holy Alliance with uh, John Paul II, the uh, um, previous pope. And if you go to Hitler, Hitler was an altar boy as well. You have these uh, historical values. You see the crucifix on the chest of the SS uniform, and you see the crucifix on the chest of the pope. So these symbols are showing the fact that Hitler initiated a Christian crusade for the recovery of the lost territory of the east of Roman Empire. These are coming from ancient times, in the time of uh, Constantine the Great, and the uh, military expeditions he had uh, having the sign of the cross. So the Pope is the ruler of the world. Pope Francis says, Sun Day, the day of the sun, is a great gift from God. Don't ruin it. Now, my question is, who is God? Because when you talk about God as a definition in the Roman Catholic theology, is not the God of the Bible, my friends. No. Sunday is purely a creation of Roman Catholic Church. Uh, American Catholic uh, Quarterly Review, January 1883. On Sunday, our participation in the Eucharist has special importance. Sunday, meaning the day of the sun, like the Jewish Sabbath is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God and with ourselves, with others, and with the world. Okay, uh, Sunday replaces the Sabbath, and if you keep the Sunday, you heal your relationship with God. My question is, which God? When we keep the sun day, the day of the sun, which God do we worship? What is that healing that must occur in between me and that God? You talk about the God of heaven or you talk about the God of the Roman Catholic Church? And maybe you say, well, we thought that is the same. No, the God of the Roman Catholic Church is the Pope. Look at this statement. I mean all and above all so that God himself and I, the vicar of God, had both one consistory, and I am able to do almost all that God can do. Wherefore, if those things that I do be said not to be done of men, but of God, what do you make of me but God? We have many documents where the popes uh, assumed the, the power and the titles of divinity. Sabbat heals your relationship with the creator of heaven and earth and the sea and everything in the universe, which is the God, the true God that we worship. And if you worship Sunday, you have a relationship with the God, which is the God of Catholic Church, which is the Pope. I do believe that the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent, is right at the doors, and we need prayer, we need courage, we need faith. And I said we have to join hand to hand, heart to heart, in prayer, in fasting, like in the time of Mardokai, and to pray for the deliverance of the people of God. The Lord is waiting for us to do this, and then He will outpour His the presence of the Holy Spirit. We do need that very presence of the Holy Spirit in order to be prepared, because human beings cannot stand against the storm of persecution that is coming. We are not designed to stand. That is the perfect storm. That is the impossible, the imminent catastrophe.
catastrophe that will occur upon the earth. And only a perfect Savior can save us, my dear friends. Receive the tiara, adore with the three crowns, and know that thou art the father of princes and kings, ruler of the world, vicar of the Savior, Jesus Christ. The Pope is crowned with a triple crown as a king of heaven, as a king of earth, and a king of the lower regions. Uh, the Pope is the king of heaven, first crown. The Pope is the king of the earth, the second crown. And the Pope is the king of the lower regions, beneath the earth. But this is a robbery. You know why? Because I know the scripture says that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that has the power to and the rights and the merits to wear a triple crown. He is the man of all times. He is the man of all situations. The man of all faiths. A superstar of the church. So what is the Pope today in the world? The man of all times. He's eternal. He's God. You know, if you are past, present, and future, you are the man of all times. You are eternal. He is the man of all situations. He is omniscient. He has solutions for all the problems of the world. He is the man of all fates. He is the Savior. He is a superstar of the church. But the Bible says that Jesus Christ, in the book of Revelation 20, 22, chapter, verse 16, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. My friends, we have to choose between Christ and the Pope. We cannot have both. Either Christ is the morning star and the Pope is, is an antichrist, or Christ is an antichrist and the Pope is the true Christ. You have to choose between this and the other one. I have another statement that will terrify you. This is something so horrific that uh, stir up myself with such a uh, tremble and such an awe. How a human mind can go so far to pretend to be above God. Look at this statement. Uh, uh, Alter Christus. It's a Latin statement meaning another Christ. I come in my Father's name and ye receive me not. If another... Christ, correct, shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Let me clarify this um, point. Uh, Jesus Christ was received as a, as a rabbi, as a teacher. He was received as a prophet. He was uh, received as a healer. Yes, he was received as a visionary, uh, but he was not received as a son of God, Messiah. If another Christ, un alter Christus, another Christ will come in his own name as Messiah, as the Savior, as God, you will receive that person. And look what uh, the Catholic document says, the dignity of the priesthood by Liguri, page 33. The power of the priest is the power of the divine person, for the transubstantiation of the bread requires as much power as the creation of the world. Thus, the priest may be called the creator of the creator. Wow. I mean, I am astonished. This is blasphemy, my dear friends. According to the scripture, this is blasphemy. Who has the courage to stand? I mean, just solely the word of God. You don't need university. You don't need PhD or doctor or master degrees in some theological seminaries to understand that this is something, whoa, really big blasphemic statement. And I didn't finish yet. When the priest pronounced the tremendous work of consecration, he reaches up into heavens, brings Christ down from 
upon his throne and places him upon uh, our altar to be offered up again as the victim of the sin of man. So imagine the priest has the power to bring Christ down on altar. Another blasphemic statement. Another one greater than this. It is a, a power greater than the monarchs and the emperors. It is greater than of the saints and the angels. Greater than of seraphims and cherubim. Uh, indeed is greater even than the power of the Virgin Mary for while the blessed Virgin Mary was the human agent by which Christ became incarnated a single time, the priest brings Christ down from heaven and render him present on our altar as the eternal victim for the sins of men. Not once, but a thousand times, the priest speaks in law. Christ, the eternal, the an omnipotent God bows his head in humble obedience to the priest's command. My dear friends, I have no doubts that papacy plays the role of antichristic power, antichristic power before the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the pretensions, these are the claims of the Pope and the Catholic Church. They have a God. They don't need the God of heaven because the Pope has a triple crown and he, he has, he is God in heaven, God on earth, and God beneath the earth. Uh, I visited the um, uh, Basilica St. Joseph, it's the greatest uh, cathedral, uh, Roman Catholic uh, cathedral in North America. Beautiful arch architecture. It's formed in a, in a sanctuary fashion and uh, you have the most holy place. This image that I sh share with you is in the most holy place. Babel Tower displayed on the, the symbol of the Shekinah, which is the presence of God. So on the Ark of Covenant, in the very place where divinity, where God, Christ, stay and they put the symbol of uh, a rebellion of Nimrod a rebellion Babel Tower they put the Babel Tower in the very place where God's supposed to be I was re really shocked and I didn't understand why until I read Matthew 24 when he shall see the abomination of desolation sitting in a holy place wow brothers and sisters my dear fellow uh, the great Adventist family it is time for us to stand for the truth it is uh, time for us to speak with no fear under the power of the Holy Spirit, just stand up, say a word for Christ, and you will get more power. The three young rulers, when they stood against the king of Babylon, and when they opened the mouth, Ellen G. White says, by the time they were opening the mouth and saying, we will not worship thee, the fate got hold of their own words. It is in your advantage to utter with your word fate and positiveness of your fate in order to grow in faith. Stand up for Christ. It is about time to share with your neighbor the good hope of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. A spirit of prayer, a spirit of fasting, and a spirit of revival must occur. And that's why we have to pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit, because alone we cannot resurrect. Like the valley of dead bones, my dear friends, when Ezekiel was alone, poor man, and the Lord gave him a view of the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37, the Lord is asking Ezekiel the prophet, what do you think, can these bones resurrect? Ezekiel didn't want to offend the Lord, and he says, Lord, you know better 
But Ezekiel didn't have faith that those dry bones will resurrect. These dry bones, the valley of dry bones, represents the great Adventist family. We are dead in our sins. We have no life in us. And the Lord is willing and more than willing to forgive our sins, to give us strength, to give us power, to give us His Holy Spirit, and to make our, out of these dry bones, the valley of dry bones, a great army. Thus says the Lord God, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is in high. Now, tell me, you see uh, every news possible. The Pope is in CNN, BBC, newspaper, Yahoo. Everybody listens to the Pope. He is elevated in this world. Do you see news about Jesus? In our country, Christ is illegal. In the schools, in the papers, in everything. And look what the Lord Jesus Christ says in Ezekiel chapter 21, verse 27. The reaction, the reply of God to the Pope. I will overturn, 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 and it shall be no more until he whose right is, I will give it to him. Three times, overturn, overturn, Overturn. Uh, the Pope says, I am the king of heaven. Overturn that crown. You are not the king of heaven. I am the king of the earth. Overturn. The second time, you are not the king of the earth. I am the king of beneath the earth. You are not. Overturn. Three times. Three crowns. And three times, the heavenly father says, you are not worthy to wear them. Because thy heart is lifted up. And thou hast said, I am a God. I sit in the midst of the sea. Yet thou art a man and not God. Though thou set thy heart as the height of God, they shall bring thee down in the pit, and thou shalt die of the, the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of sea. And will ye uh, say before him that slays you, I am a God, but thou shalt be a man, and not a God, in the hand of him that slayeth thee? Thou shalt die of the death of uncircumcised by the hand of the strangers, for I have spoken it saith the Lord. This is my concluding statements in the scripture in a positive note, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. So here is the secret. Christ must wear the triple crown of the Pope. He, Jesus Christ, is the king in heaven, uh, the king on earth, and the king beneath the earth. In the great controversy, page 648, basically you have the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, with the attribute of worthy three times. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb. In uh, the book of Isaiah, you have holy, holy, holy is the name of the Lord of hosts. So who has rights to wear a triple crown? The king of heaven, the king of the earth, the king beneath the earth. Jesus Christ, our savior. Uh, I saw Jesus laying off his priestly attire and clothed himself with his most kingly robes. Upon his head were many crowns, crown within a crown. Surrounded by angelic hosts, he left heaven. Get courage from Christ. Start to pray. Start to study the Word of God. Take a day of fasting. Reunite your heart with other Adventists. They really sincerely believe in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a moment when all the Adventist family in this world will reunite in the name of Jesus because this is our hope. He is our Savior. It is Jesus my Savior. It is Jesus the one that forgives our sins. It is Jesus, the very thing I have. It is Jesus, all in all. Heavenly Father, 
I thank you very much for tonight, for giving us a privilege to go through the history and to define our faith and our values as Adventists. We ask your forgiveness, dear Jesus. We ask your forgiveness, Heavenly Father, in the name of this wonderful Savior of ours, Jesus Christ, for all the backslidings, all the mistakes, all the dishonoring attitudes we had against you. Be with the parents without children. Be with the children without parents. Be with all those that are discouraged and wounded by sin. Resurrect us, Heavenly Father. Give us strength. Give us the privilege to wash your feet with our tears. Give us the chance to sing the song of the Lamb and the song of Moses when we will come in thy kingdom. We thank you once again. Oh Lord Jesus, we are missing you and we are praying for your imminent return because we want to come home. Amen.